Hey everybody, this is Michael Gabriel and you're watching CMS TV. was savage grace uh that's a that was a, a really really cool song man they fucking kick ass and here to talk all about how much they kick ass as i turn that off <laughs> is the guy himself mr christian Lowe. christian how are you man i'm doing great tonight chris <laughs> yeah you know that that band you were just playing i i was uh, you know watching the comments in youtube and some guy commented he goes i like these guys i'll how I like this new band. How long have these guys been around? <laughs> and somebody, somebody replied, four decades. <laughs> well, you, you, it sounds like it. I mean, you guys definitely have a have a have a, a classic sound, no doubt about that, man. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, we started off with the speed metal. I think we were one of the first bands to do speed metal in L.A. Right. You know, Saxon and Motorhead, they were doing it in England. But in 1981, nobody was doing it in L.A. Right. Nobody. So, I, you know, we started about the same time as Metallica. So I think we were about the only two bands in LA that were interested in doing any kind of speed metal stuff right on man well dude for people that are not aware of the band man can you give us a little bit of history about uh savage grace uh we started in 1981 um we were uh you know i, I was just a kid i was about uh, 18 years old okay and um I just wanted to rock, man. Uh, I just wanted to get out there and rock. And it was a lot of tough going, a lot of hardship, personnel changes, all that. And then in 1982, we made a demo and got picked up. One song for Metal Massacre 2, right. uh, the first uh, Metal Blade release. Then we were the first artist signed on Metal Blade. Uh, we did the Dominatrix EP in 1983. Uh, then we went through more changes. Uh, first album, Master of Disguise, 1984. Second album, After the Fall from Grace, 1986. Right. And we did an EP in 87. And then in 87, we uh, 
we signed a management deal and we thought we could be bigger, bigger, bigger stars than we were. And we went kind of in a more commercial direction. And we were doing that for about five years. Okay. We went through three management deals. Uh, we were offered a major deal with MCA in 91, which I turned down. And then we disbanded the band in 1992. Right. I came back in 2010. I uh, did a European tour uh, with a German band backing me up. And then in 2020, um, I felt that I was ordained to come back and make a new album. Right. And, uh, and that's where we are today. Right. Dude, you have quite the voice. I got to tell you. <laughs> well, wow. well, you know, if you listen to, to me in 1986 on After the Fall from Grace, yeah. you're going to hear a guy who sounds kind of like Jeff Tate. And I had three vocal coaches back in those days in L.A. And they all said, um, Chris, if you keep singing that way, you're going to lose your voice permanently. Wow. And I and I said, fuck you. I, li <laughs> I like the way I sound. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. But guess what? They were right. I did lose my voice permanently. Wow. Wow. Hey, man, <laughs> that's dedication to the metal. Hell yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Don't don't feel bad. I had a really good time doing it. I'll bet you, man. But you've 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 got a new singer, Gabriel. Um, talk talk a little bit about him. He's wow. He's a, a not well, amazing. You know the thing is in in um, in December of two thousand and nineteen, I had just finished writing my book. It took me seven years to write my book, mm -hmm. and so I put up I put up a website. I put my book for sale. I put history of the band up there, you know, like a legacy site. Mm -hmm. and, th and then my agent friend, uh, Matt Ferrara, he called me up. He said, hey, man, you got the website. You got the book. It's time to make a new album. Right. And, I, and I said, Matt, look, I'm not, I don't even have a band. I have nobody. I said, unless we have a fantastic singer, I'm not going to make a new record. Sure. He goes, I, he said, I got someone for you. I said, okay, send me the guy's tape. I took one listen to the guy, and the stuff he was doing was like really high, clean vocals, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, like TNT. Right. And I, and I always wanted to have a singer that had that really high, clean <laughs> TNT kind of sound. Right. So, so when, I heard, when I heard Gabriel, I said, this is our guy. Okay, if I can get him to commit to the to the record, then I'm going to put the band together and we're going to do it. Because that that type of voice, I mean, I mean, when you hear that kind of voice, you, you and the thing is, um, when I made this decision, it was around March of 2020, mm -hmm. and they they had just announced all this COVID bullshit, right? And I and I knew what they were going to do. I knew exactly what they were going to do because a dude told me all about it in 1996. Oh. And, then, and then in 2014, a guy named Harry Vox, he, he put all of the um, lockstep documents on the internet for everybody. Operation to see. Lockstep. Yes. Okay. So I knew about it in 2014. So when I saw Trump get on TV with Fauci, I said, we're done. So oh. I got, so I got on a plane. Mm -hmm. And, and I um, was going to go to Colombia, and they were locked down already. Okay. So I said, shit. I said, okay, I'm going to go to Panama. So I, made, I bought a ticket for Panama, and they were locked down. 
So the only place I could go to that was still open was Mexico. Okay. So I flew to Cancun, Mexico, and 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 I, this was so funny. I got I was in Vegas, and I got to the to the airport counter that night, and there was nobody in the airport. I've never seen an airport that dead in my life. Right. And I walk up to the ticket counter for Mexicana Airlines, and the lady goes, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to Cancun." She goes, "Hold on a second, it might be restricted." And I'm like, "Listen, let me tell you something." I've, Cancun. I've got, yeah. I told her, I said, listen to me. I said, I, I, I said, I said, I've got stage, I've got stage four throat cancer and I've got to get surgery in Cancun right away or I'm going to die. Do you understand me? And she said, oh my God. And so they, they put me through. I was the only person on the airplane. I landed, I landed in Cancun with all my gear, all my comms equipment, all my force multiplier training stuff so i got there and uh i was the only person in the airport again so i go to customs they say what are you doing here i said i've got an appointment with dr vargas i've got stage four throat cancer they said oh my god okay they got me a um a, one of those wheelchair things and pushed me down right. to the thing right okay so then i'm there and i i knew what they were going to do with this whole thing so I knew that all the musicians that I was going to want to use were not going to be working, okay? Because I knew they weren't going to allow any tours. So I got on the phone and I called Gabriel. I said, Gabriel, we're going in the studio. Get, get your shit together. I'm going to write all the songs up. I had three songs already written from 2010. I had Sign of the Cross, Barbarians at the Gate, and Helsinki Nights already written. So I needed six or seven more songs. So I just hunkered down in Cancun, started pounding out the songs, and started um, hiring band members. The first band member I hired was Kiko Shred from Brazil. And right. Kiko and I started working, and then I realized um, Kiko is really like um, what you call like a virtuoso guitar player. He's yeah. like a Richie Blackmore. Yngwie like Malmsteen. me. Like me. Yeah, um, exactly. You know what? Exactly. Let, me, let me interrupt for one second. One, one second. Now, in a weird twist of fate, now tell me. If this is accurate, did you contact me in like 2020 about mixing your band? Because your voice sounds awfully dude, familiar. Dude, dude, we talked for we talked uh, we talked for about a half hour because okay. because Matt for, <laughs> Matt Ferrara Matt Ferrara Matt Ferrara gave me your phone number okay. because I was looking for a guy to mix. Here's here's what I'll I'll, I'll cut to the chase because you, you right. brought it. Um, after we finished all of the basic tracks and all of the overdubs. Um, I was looking for someone to mix. Now, the first guy I thought of was Bill Matoyer because I worked sure. with him in 1983, blah, blah, Metal Blade. We have a long history. I sent Bill one of the tracks and I said, Bill, I want you to mix this as soon as possible because I want to know, you know, if we're on the same page. He took three weeks to mix this track. And I was like, Bill, I'm sorry, I, I cannot sit around for three weeks waiting for each track to Bill pop swindled. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to like not say anything about it. No, no and then Bill, I worked with I, him. I worked with him in, uh, you know, my local band, like in the nineties, our singer thought it was a good idea to have him come in and watch over the mix or something. And I think he just passed out on our couch or something like that. Like, well, well, <laughs> you know, listen, listen, I, 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 I love, I love Bill. Bill was great to us. In the 80s, he, I mean, he, he, he was a great guy. But, I mean, 
three weeks. I can, no, I can't. I, I can't. That's not how I work. So I called Kiko and I said, listen, um, you told me you know a guy in Brazil. He said, yeah, the guy's fantastic. So I sent him one track. And the mix came back and I loved it. I loved his mix. Right. And I said, okay, man, I, I love what you're doing. Let's, you know, let's talk money. And he goes, I, I need 50% of everything up front. Is and that I weird said, when people mind. do that? <laughs> they well, throw in all these well, like crazy. Yeah. You know what? That that's mm-hmm. that's a way to lose me forever. And I right. said, I don't pay deposits, bro. I pay for finished work. Okay. So he said, I well, he said, then we don't work. I said, okay, we don't work. So I called my bass player in Brazil, Fabio Corito. He knows a lot of people. And I said, Fabio, um, I don't like the guy in Brazil. We need someone else. He said, call Roland Graypow. He's in Germany. He used to be in Halloween. I said, okay. So I called Roland and I said, are you busy right now? He said, fuck no, I'm not doing shit because of this COVID thing. And I said, perfect. Okay. I'm sending you one track. I sent him rendezvous, which, um, in my opinion, was going to be the hardest song to mix. So I said, if he can mix this and make Rendezvous sound good, then he's going to be our guy. So I sent him Rendezvous, and he mixed it in about four days. And he got it back to me, and I loved it. Because the main thing I told him, I said, look, this album is set in 1978. I want to have the -the state-of-the-art sound of 1978. And Roland has a a shit-ton of old analog outboard gear. He has a fair, fair child, an L1, AMS, uh, PCM 90s. He has all of that old analog shit. And oh, one more thing. Before I called Roland, I called Max Norman, okay? Okay. Because I, I loved the sound of the record he did with Malice, License to Kill. Sure. I love that record. Malice is one of my favorite bands. I love them. I we, we you know we toured with them five dates five dates on the mm-hmm. Motorhead tour before they have left you ever heard of Meowless? <laughs> Me, that's the that's the cat band. Yeah, <laughs> those are good cats. But so anyway, so um, I I called Max Norman, and he said, "Yeah, I want to do it, but it's going to cost you." And so when he gave me the numbers, I said, "Shit." I, I and then another thing is. Even if I paid him, even if I gave him the money, Max has a very, very strong personality. Anybody that's ever worked with him knows that. I also have a very strong personality. So I I think that had we started the project, um, I would have fired him. Or he would have quit within <laughs> within days. Right. So I so I said I'm I'm just gonna cut this thing in the bud. So when I called Roland. I said, we want to sound like 1978, and I want you to listen to a song called Chain Gang Woman by Malice. Okay. I said, that's the guitar sound I want, Chain Gang Woman. Right. And um, he said- She's a chain gang woman, (laughs) and I'm a chain gang man. All right. So so, um, when he gave me the mix back, the guitars were very close to Chain Gang Woman. Cool. And I said, okay, you got the job. You're going to do the whole album. Yep. And um, so that took care of the mix. Absolutely. Well, the album is called Sign of the Cross. It's out on May 5th. And um, Christian, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and tour dates and to buy the record and all that stuff? 
savagegracemetal.com. Okay, savagegracemetal.com. Yes. And I'll tell you what, uh, we'll do this now. We're going to play a little bit of Star-Crossed Lovers for the people to get a taste. And um, Christian, thanks so much for joining us here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Eric, again. I appreciate it. All right.